You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Good afternoon, everyone in church and at home. Hello. It's good to see the church so well filled and all the boys and girls who are here today, this afternoon and the adults too. It's nice to see your faces. I was going to say some of your faces, but it's nice to see your faces uh, too. But this morning, what I've got with me, and well, it's a good job it wasn't last week because when, in the Bible, when there's a passage and food is mentioned, well, you, I start to salivate a little bit. But last week, uh, it's a good job we've been picking up rabbits and badgers from the side of the road because that's maybe what the ravens are dropping off. But this week, we, to do with the story, we've brought, I brought our bread bin from home. Now, hands up, who loves bread? Who doesn't love bread, eh? Bread is so, so good. And well, in our bread bin at home here, I just thought, uh, come and show, and maybe people will appreciate some of this. It's hard to beat either of these slice yesterday. It's been a long time. A slice of Vita. Not good. A bit of butter. I know some people like to put cheese and stuff on it, but a bit of Vita is hard to beat from time to time. Johnny's looking at his lips and keeping it this side, Johnny. Um, of course, people love a pan loaf. And while some, some people are good fans of nutty crust, they like the, the crust and the bread. Now, boys and girls, my wee brother, whenever he was small, do you know what happened to the crusts in his bread? Wonder did you do the same. Do you have to get them cut off? Some, some boys and girls don't like the crust, and well, nutty crust probably wouldn't be the bread for you. And, well, it's my, my favorite bread of all, to be honest, <clears throat> and it's, it's not quite the same up here, because it's not Market Hill wheat and bread. But I oh, wheat and bread, the best tea you'll ever have. Wheat and bread, butter, jam, and a drop of cheese. So good, so good. And I love a wee bit of wheat and bread, but of course, there's other types of bread, isn't there, depending on what foods you might eat. So if you go to the Indian, you might get some naan bread, mightn't you? And you get some great stuff with coconut in it. Or I remember a couple of years ago, do you know the Syrians who live in the town after Ramadan, they made some, I would guess it was light naan bread, but with lamb mince in the middle of it. So good, so good. It was so tasty. And you can have sweet breads, boys and girls. This might be more up your street. You can have a, a pan au chocolat. Or, oh, sorry. It doesn't matter. Pan de chocolate, can't you? A wee chocolate croissant. And maybe you enjoy, like me, a pancake from time. A pancake from. We were hungry down the road. A pancake from time to time. All different kinds of bread, and all really, really tasty bread. But in the story, the widow is going to make some bread, and it's not going to be that tasty of bread, because all she has is flour, and all she has is oil, and if you were following along, please have that seat, boys and girls, if you have it. But on the screen, it's going to come our main point today, okay? As a point I want us to remember here and at home, and here it is, it's going to come up, in our God I can rely, for he always will supply, okay? In our God I can rely, for he always will supply. And you see there's a wee bit of a, something going on there. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this down through the middle, okay? And your sofa's at home. You can split them two as well. But this is a bit of an echo, okay? I don't know what it's from, some like American film or something. So, in our God I can rely, and then it's echoed, yeah? And then, for he always will supply, okay? So it's going to go like this. In our God I can rely, in our God I can rely, for he always will supply, for he always will supply. God, do you think we can do that? Now, 
Please be tuneful. Be more tuneful than me, okay? At least that's all dead, okay? So we'll split down the middle, okay? Tomorrow, and you can decide. You're going to go this way, okay? So this side, and at your home, in the left-hand side of your sofa, you're going to say, in our God, I can rely. And then you guys are going to be the echo. Echo, okay? So, and then these guys are going to say, for he always will supply. And then you guys are going to do it as well, okay? I think we've got it. So I'll, I'll go over these guys as well. And praise band, you're not allowed of it, okay? So, I've got to myself then, okay? One, two, three. In our God I can rely. For he always will supply. Not bad, okay? We'll go again. Right, we think we've got it down now. Ready? We're going to count down this time. Three, two, one. You see, you see your first in our God I can rely. You're a bit lethargic, okay? We've been we energy, okay? Good this side, okay? But I'm not going to leave these off this time, so pressure's on, okay? Three, two, one. So that's, that's, that's First Kings 17. That's the point. That's the thing we need to remember. But as we look at this story, boys and girls, there's some people we need to meet, and there's some places we need to think about. Okay, so who, last week we met King Ahab, we met Jezebel and Elijah, and this week we meet somebody new. Can someone shout out who's the new person we meet in the passage? Anybody? Okay, I can't hear, but the widow, okay, there's a new lady that we meet, and she is a widow. And what that means is that she had lost her husband. Her husband had died very sadly, and now she's left with just a son. So it's a widow and a young son in the next part of the story. And where does it happen? It's a hard name to say, isn't it? It begins with Z, Seraphath. Do you see it there? Seraphath. And what's important about Seraphath? Well, do you know in the Old Testament, names are really important? Names are important in the Bible. Well, Seraphath. What does it mean? It means refinery. Now, we know refinery, okay? This is my chemistry head going on, so don't fall asleep, okay? But refinery, you, you want to make things pure. You get rid of all the, the rubbish to get pure gold, for example. And, well, when we think about refinery and Zarephath, it's going to be a difficult place. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very hot, as adults might say. It's going to be hot. It's going to be difficult times, What's going on here? Okay, so that's what the, this place is hinting, hinting at. And what's important about this place is it's not in Israel. It's in Sidon. Sidon is where Jezebel was from, the King Ahab's wife, the queen. And in that place, Baal was worshipped there. So it's not a place where God is worshipped. It's not a place where God is known. And it's going to be a place of difficulty for Elijah and for the widow. Okay, so there we are. And then finally, before we get into the story, why was life so hard? Because there is no water. There is no water. There is a famine. No water means no crops. No crops means no food. And here we have this lady, this widow, in a famine, and she's about to have her last meal. Can you imagine that? You know it's going to be your last meal, and then you're just going to wait. Really terrible. 
But we see that God is faithful. Because in our God, we can rely on him, can't we? So we're going to do our chant again before we think about the next bit. Okay, you're on your own again. Three, two, one. Ah, not bad. Okay, so how do we know that to be true? Now, here's the first reason why we know that chant to be true. God's word is trustworthy. God's word is trustworthy, isn't it? Now, as we look at Scripture, we can come to multiple examples, but here are just three in this short passage, okay? So what's the first thing? Elijah is told by God there will be a widow. So if you look at verse 9 with me, verse 8 says, Then the Lord, word of the Lord came to Elijah, Verse 9 says, Go at once in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow. So Elijah is told that he's going to meet a widow. He's going to meet a woman when he goes to that place and it's going to be a widow. What do you think happened? What happened whenever Elijah got to the village? Who did he meet? A widow. Coincidence? No, it's God's plan. We can tick that as the word. God's word is trustworthy. What else does God say? What is this widow going to do? Elijah is told by God that the widow will feed him. Again, and is that verse 9 again? I have commanded a widow to supply you with food. He might be, Elijah's been fed, he's been watered, but now he has to go and this widow is going to feed him. What do you think happens? Who feeds Elijah? The widow. God's word's true, isn't it? Time and time again, God's word is true. So if we look at the story here, can you imagine being the widow? Okay, just for a moment. You're just gathering up sticks for a fire to make your bread for you and your son for the last time. And a stranger, an other stranger says, by the way, can I have your last bit of food, please? Now we struggle to share our plates around the dinner table at Sunday lunch, don't we? We're very protective of our roast potatoes. But here's a lady... Elijah's going to ask, how difficult would that have been to ask? Can you help me some food, please? And what does she do? Well, she responds, doesn't she, in verse 12. She says that, Elijah, you're from a different place. You have a different God. And Elijah says, look, God will provide. He will provide for you. So you can imagine the, the anguish and despair for her in this, crucif- in this refinery of her village, her last meal, utterly helpless, lack of hope utterly desperate. But then, though this is true, that Elijah is told that the widow's going to feed her, there's a promise from God in the midst of it, isn't there? God, through Elijah, tells the widow there will be food. In verse 14, Elijah says to her, this is what the Lord says, the jar of flour will be not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord. And what do you think happened after she was obedient to God's command of feeding Elijah, what happened to the flour and the oil? Did it run out? No. God's word is trustworthy. It is utterly trustworthy. We can trust him with everything that he says. Everything God says to come to pass happens, doesn't it? Noah and the flood, Rahab and the core, that she would be saved if she did that. All of it comes to be. God's word's utterly trustworthy. This time for Elijah is going to be a difficult time for the widow and for Elijah, but they need to continue to trust in God's word. They know it to be trustworthy, and we've now just seen that. 
We're going to do our chant again. Ready? You ready? Wait. Three, two, one. In our... Not bad, we need to get better the next time, okay? So let's tee it up, right? So God's word is trustworthy. How do we know it to be trustworthy? Because everything happens. In other words, we see in the story that God provides. Doesn't he? God will provide. Verses 15 and 16. The flour and the oil won't run out. Run out. It will not run dry. There always will be flour and oil. It is absolute proof, if you like, that God's word is true. God's word is true, and there's the proof that they're able to live. They're able to eat. The flour and the oil doesn't run out, and they're able to eat their food together. The widow feeds Elijah, and then she's able to feed herself, her son, and Elijah. She's able to keep doing all of that. God is gracious, isn't he? He provides for them. It seems impossible. It seems unlikely. But because God said it would happen, it happened. God will provide for her and for Elijah. And God provides for us too, doesn't he? We have so many blessings. We've got 10 on the board there already. And there are many more. We have so many things to thank God for from the food that we enjoy. We're not going to be risking the famine anytime soon. Although plenty of farmers are giving off there hasn't been a rain for a day or two. But we're not going to, we're not going to struggle on that anytime soon, are we? God provides us with so, so, so much. Here he provides Elijah and the widow with life. Doesn't he? He provides them with life. God provides us with plenty. But most importantly, he provides us with Jesus, who gives life, doesn't he? Jesus, the life giver. Jesus is the one that God provides for us. The Father gives us his son. Why? Because our greatest need is not the food in our bellies or the food to come onto our kitchen tables. Our greatest need is not education. Our greatest need is our sin to be dealt with. Our sin, because we reject God. We don't listen to God's words. We don't trust God's word to be trustworthy. We go off on our own, and we need our sin dealt with. And how does God provide help for us? In a redeemer, in a rescuer, in a savior, Jesus. God promised Jesus would come to take away his sins of his people. And what happened? Jesus came and he takes away the sins of his people for you and for me. Jesus, God is provided for us, a savior, one to end all of our needs. Christ is enough for me, for all of us. Christ is all we need. God will provide and he provides in his son. Start this side this time, okay? You're going to lead off. So pressure's on. They've done pretty well. Okay. Three, two, one. In our God I can rely. Good. Jesus is provided by God. God's word is utterly trustworthy. And here's the last thing from this story. God's son is for everyone. Now that might seem blatantly obvious to you and to me. We know Jesus is for everybody, but where was this village of the widow? It was outside Israel, wasn't it? Outside Israel. In the Old Testament, all the nations had their God, and their God ruled in their land. Their God wasn't anywhere else. So Baal, unless he was worshipped in Egypt, he wasn't in Egypt. And God 
sending Elijah there shows that God can act anywhere, that God is for everyone. It's Elijah is in a foreign land. God has proven that Elijah is going to be it's an indication of what's going to happen in the future, isn't it? That God's grace is not just for Israel. It's going to be opened up. God's grace is even for a widow in a foreign land. A widow who's never heard the name of the Lord your God, who's never known this God, yet God shows that, well, he's for people like her. People who are willing to listen to the word of God and respond. God provided a son for all people. And for the adults, as this is an indication of what happens, not everyone likes that Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is for everybody, regardless of our sin of our past, where we are from, or what our upbringing is, or what our politics might be. But Jesus is for everybody. And Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, and this is something for the adults to come back to as we think about it on Thursday night again. Jesus is talking about this widow. And what Jesus says is, think about Elijah. Think about him in that ravine. As he goes through Israel to this other place, do you ever think how many people he would have passed on the way? How many other widows would have needed his help, God's help? And Elijah passes through them all and goes to where God calls him to go. God's grace is for everyone, and they end up trying to kill Jesus because they didn't like the fact that Jesus is for everyone. God's grace is extended. And this is a warning for us, this story. Because lots of us, boys and girls, people at home, we feel like we are Israel, okay, in the church. We are God's people because we belong to the church. Here's a widow being blessed by God, experiencing God's grace outside of Israel. Don't let God's grace pass you by. Don't just ignore God's grace. God's grace is for everybody. God supplies us with endless grace. His mercies are new every morning, aren't they? They were literally new every morning for the widow and her flour and her oil, and they're new for us. Don't ignore it. Don't let it pass you by. God's word is utterly trustworthy. He provides us, most importantly, with Jesus. Let's do our chant one more time. You're going to start. Three, two, one. Let me finish with a poem. It's been a couple of months since I've done that. An everlasting jar which always had some flour. For years there was no rain. To bail they prayed in vain. No water supply meant no food. Obviously everyone was subdued because they disobeyed God yet again. God had Elijah provided for a brook and watching ravens soar. Meat falling from the sky. His needs God did supply. He never needed any more. The word of God came to him. Go to Sidon. Might seem grim. A widow there will supply your need. Elijah and her family she will feed. With, for with no food, they were getting quite prim. Her last meal she did provide, but flour and oil will be plentiful supply. The last will never run out. Food aplenty through the drought, and with them he will reside. A foreign widow will experience God's grace. Though at times she will fall on her face, but she'll know God's word to be true. Her faith will give her a new view. For God's plan, she'll be able to trace. A widow from Jezebel's land was in God's caring hand. Despite her not knowing the God above, she was a recipient of God's love. 
a signal God's grace will expand. God's expanded grace, please don't ignore it. Don't let it pass you by anymore. God will supply all your needs, especially in dealing with our misdeeds. For in Jesus, God's wrath did pour. God's grace has expanded. He won't leave you stranded. Jesus, God's only son died. Salvation for followers supplied. Follow Jesus as he has commanded. I'll say it. You echo it. What do we learn in 1 Kings 17? In our God I can rely. For he always will supply. All through history, God is faithful to his word. All through history, it points to Jesus. God's grace is for us. And let's sing to his praise as we sing that peace all through history. Let's stand and worship.